0: So maybe a first question would be, give us a state of just your tribes. Madison has just been designated in December, Truax Field, as the home of F-35A. Doctor, can you start, give us an overview Missy Hughes just finished her first year as CEO of the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, and what a year it was. But since one of the elements of news is timeliness, this week she just wrote Foxconn telling that giant telecom they didn't qualify for any tax credits in uh, calendar year 2019. So, Missy, it's a great time for a newsmaker. Welcome back to Wisconsin Eye.
1: Oh, it's so good to be here, Steve. I was so nervous a year ago when we did this. <laughs>
0: Health- I might be
1: a little nervous today, but definitely I was really nervous last year.
0: You're a lot less nervous now. Let's let's open with Foxconn. Your letter on Monday said um the original 2017 contract between then Governor Walker and that was approved by uh GOP legislators, said that they would build Generation 105. Uh that's what they would manufacture. But they didn't uh they, they changed that, right? The heart of it is. uh, they didn't live up to the original contract because they changed what what they planned to make and they missed hiring and investment targets, correct? Do I have that right?
1: Yeah, it's the foundation of the contract between WEDC and Foxconn was the construction of a Gen 10.5 facility, this massive facility that was going to make these huge LCD screens and bring um, an incredible ripple effect to the Wisconsin supply chain and hire thirteen thousand employees? So when they're not building that Gen 10.5 uh, facility, the foundation of the contract essentially is no longer there.
0: Right, and the they were the contract said. If they hired the thirteen thousand and they hit all their benchmarks, they could get up to ten billion in tax credits, correct?
1: No, 2.85. two point eight five. It was a ten billion dollar facility and we were gonna provide two point eight five billion dollars in tax incentives.
0: Okay, and I really want to thank you for the correction. If they invested ten billion, yeah. they would get two point eight five.
1: That's right.
0: Thank you for the correction. My question is in hindsight you weren't part of this deal in 2017 you were doing something else professionally was this a bad deal for wisconsin and its taxpayers this this original deal
1: you know i think that if it had come to its fruition um if this massive facility had been built and we had you know this manufacturing that would ripple through the rest of wisconsin it might've made sense for the state to invest 2.85, almost $3 billion in, in this, but because it, plans change, markets evolve, um, you know, it's understandable that it didn't work out. Um, the contract is a good contract. We've often talked about how it's a pay as you go contract. And so the state has not paid um, any amount in tax credits at this point. Now we've invested a lot in infrastructure Um, But we haven't paid tax credits. And so, uh, you know, it works out. That's why you have a good contract.
0: Well, you said in your October 12 letter, Monday's letter, markets, opportunities, and business plans need to change. So you seem to be saying, I understand that Foxconn made some other marketing decisions and they're not going to make these giant generation 10.5, which I, I heard one Foxconn executive talk about two twin beds, together these giant things um so but here's my question you also say there is a path open to win-win there could be different type of incentive contracts developed but your letter says you've been in talks with the company since I believe June and nothing has come of it
1: why has nothing come of it well you covered a lot in that um I (laughs) I,
0: I did and I'm sorry
1: no, that's OK. But what I was really saying is, listen, in all my conversations with Foxconn since I've been in this role, they've said to me, Missy, uh, you know, our, our plans have changed, the market has evolved, factories were built in China, and now it's really hard to be competitive with these LCD screens okay, no problem. I come from the business sector and so I understand that. So what we did in working with Foxconn is said, let's recalibrate the contract. Let's realign the contract so it's with whatever project you're going to be working on. And we looked at a lot of different, you know, innovative ways to think about incentive contracts. I don't want to be hemmed in by, you know, this is the way you have to do it. I, I was really trying to avoid being a state bureaucracy. I wanted to find something that would work with Foxconn's flexible and dynamic plans often the state isn't very flexible and dynamic right but i want it to be um and you know we we had conversations we've we've worked together we've talked so much in the last year and we just weren't able to you know nail down what their project looks like and how wisconsin can incentivize it
0: well um in this back and forth since june do you think you uh the foxconn reps were negotiating in good faith missy
1: Oh, I do. We've had, we've had good conversations. We've had productive conversations. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Steve, it's just that, you know, we know they're not building a Gen 10.5 and so because that's a foundation of the contract because it you know carries obligations forward we just we just finally had to say okay i'm going to put down on paper what we all know what we've all talked about for 18 months or so um which is that the contract is based on a gen 10.5 and therefore you're not eligible for tax credits
0: well if they renegotiate if it were up to you to renegotiate with foxconn a new contract would you consider offering them again $2.85 2.85 billion or do you just think that is too large a number for Foxconn or any other any other firm you are dealing with
1: well you know my responsibility when i have conversations with companies about these incentives when we're trying to attract a company to come to wisconsin or we've got a good wisconsin company that wants to do an expansion is to think about the taxpayer's return on investment and you know without this massive project Two point eight five billion is not going to return to the taxpayers that investment, and so we, you know, we calibrate our incentives and the work that we do with other companies. We've got, you know, Peribeau is coming in and building a big um, uh, factory for gummy bears. Um, You know, we calibrate what the return on investment is, and we've got formulas for that, and so that's what you know we would do with Foxconn, and that's what we've talked about with Foxconn. We've made sure that Foxconn understands. Look. We have a responsibility to the Wisconsin taxpayers.
0: Well, w- when you refer to there is a path open to win-win in your in your Monday letter. Does that mean you would expect any revised incentive contract to total much less than 2.85 billion?
1: Um, What I say when I say that is, uh, you know, I think that there is a way for the state to support what Foxconn is doing. I think that Foxconn has an incredible vision for advanced manufacturing into the future. I think they can help a lot of Wisconsin companies uh, move into that future, whether it's through AI or using 5G networks within their factories. Like they have amazing ideas. And so I want to support that work. Um, and I and I think Foxconn wants to work with the state to do that. We just have to find that
0: path. I want to ask you about two things that happened since the November 2017 contract was signed. First of all, there was a kind of a change in leadership. Terry Goh stepped aside. He ran to be the president of his nation. He's no longer running. So did a change in leadership occur in Foxconn's vision for the Mount Pleasant plant? That's my first question. Go ahead, please.
1: Um, you know, it's my understanding that Terry Guo has deep connections to Wisconsin. And so I think, you know, he wanted, if he wanted to land in the United States, he wanted to land in Wisconsin. And so that's one of the reasons I'm very encouraged about Foxconn being here. Um, I think that the change in leadership both from the administration side and from the Foxconn side have, you know, made us need to keep working on the relationship and keep in communication. I've done a really, um, a lot of work to do that. Uh, you know, the governor did that before my time and Joel Brennan did that before my time. Um, so, you know, we have to just keep adjusting and, and making sure that we're keeping communications open.
0: So do you believe Terry Go, the founder of Foxconn is still as excited about the potential for the first North America plant in Mount Pleasant as he was in 2017.
1: Um I think he's if if I were him and I haven't met him so I'm I'm, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I'm just going to say if I were him, I would be incredibly excited to have this this location in the heartland of the United States after the pandemic where we're gonna see reshoring of manufacturing. We're gonna see people wanting to mitigate their risks and be able to locate manufacturing here in the United States. He has a prime opportunity. Foxconn has a prime opportunity and that's why I wanna help support them. I mean, it's an, it's an amazing location.
0: And then my second part of this is what role did the pandemic play in Foxconn changing its vision for the Mount, Mount Pleasant plant, please?
1: Well, I think that, you know, like everyone, um, the pandemic has, uh, put everybody a little bit back on their heels. And, you know, trying to adjust. And Foxconn has done things like work with Medtronic to start manufacturing ventilators. They were right there um, back in February and March talking about masks with us. They've been manufacturing PPE. So, you know, the, I think it's, it's a testament to their flexibility that they've jumped in and are doing, um, you know, several things associated with the pandemic. And, you know, I think as everybody where you can't travel, you can't meet in person, it has, you know, made some conversations conversations a little bit harder just to, you know, keep continuity. But.
0: Your letter referred to a tour that you took of the Mount Pleasant facility about two weeks ago, two plus weeks ago. Um, what was your impression? What's being made there now? And what are they telling you will be made by the end of the year?
1: Well, I was able to tour one of the buildings. And in that building, I saw what I would say is a demonstration of, of um building motherboards and then putting those into servers and you know so they're building these towers of servers and they uh, expressed to me that they anticipated to have multiple of those lines of motherboard creation um manufacturing and um so i was able to see that um i didn't see what's happening with the million square foot building they were just about to put the dome on top of the the big globe that they've built so you know they're the enthusiasm that um i uh, receive and feel when i meet with foxconn is really infectious um they're excited about what they're doing they're you know they're they're happy to be here they want to work together um it, it, we have good conversations
0: and well a follow-up are they as excited about working with the tony evers administration as they were the uh, scott walker uh era
1: Oh, I, you know, I I wasn't here for the Scott Walker uh, administration. And, you know, I think that they, um, I think working with government, working with the U.S. government from, you know, a a foreign country, nobody really wants to work with the government. And, you know, it's, I mean, I think that, I think they see the potential. I think there's some, you know, well, we can get this done, um, you know, back home. Why can't we get this done here? Um, So there's some cultural differences. There's some work to be done there. Um, You know, I think they expect us to be more flexible. And we have, you know, a commitment to the Wisconsin taxpayers that we always have to be thinking about.
0: Their statement, the Foxconn statement, said they were disappointed and that this wouldn't help negotiations in terms of any new incentive contract. Uh, Do they have any options to appeal? I I suppose they could sue, but um, do they have any options to appeal the determinations that they didn't qualify for the tax credits?
1: They can, you know, uh, we have, because we're a quasi-public-private organization, we have the ability to contract with them and to do more work with them so we can keep talking. Um, You know, and I hope that this actually creates an opportunity for us to keep talking because it kind of puts that whole gen 10.5 conversation aside. And now we can say, okay, what can we really do together? Um, So, you know, uh, the disappointment, I understand nobody likes to hear no. um, And, you know, even if it's expected. um, But I think that, you know, once we get past that, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to continue to have conversations.
0: Have you had any contact with Foxconn uh, executives since you wrote Monday's letter?
1: Not this week,
0: no. Not not this week. Okay, you toured one building. You didn't tour the 1 million square feet facility. What do they tell you will be assembled in the 1 million square feet facility?
1: Um, you know, I, it seemed to me that they indicated that that's where the, the other lines of the server production would go. Um, but honestly, uh, you know, the, as I say, when you when you go in and you tour this facility, there's a lot going on. I was talking with employees and all of that. So, I, you know, I didn't focus 100% on what they were saying is coming. And, you know, it's trying to focus on what you're hearing right in that moment.
0: Okay, but you left that tour still, uh, you still believing that Foxconn is negotiating in good faith and wants to become a part of Uh, a part of the anchor of Southeast Wisconsin's economy, correct?
1: I do believe that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Talk to me about next steps. What, what could happen? And if you could wave a wand, what would happen?
1: You know, if I could wave a wand, um, Foxconn would be able to um, land in a place that says, Missy, we're going to invest this much in capital expenditures. We're going to hire these many jobs and we wanna work with the tools that you have at WEDC to provide incentives. Um, if we could land on an incentive contract that works for both the taxpayers and for Foxconn, that win-win that we were talking about, Steve, then um, you know I wanna go out and, and tout to people that we've got this incredible company that is building a foundation here in Wisconsin and use it to attract Um, young people to stay here and to move here and to continue to help Southeast Wisconsin prosper.
0: Now, you like things to move quickly. Uh, If there is a new contract with Foxconn, could it be done in six months, 12? Um, Do you have a hope for timeline?
1: Um, you know, I think that it, it's always better to to move these things along. You're right. I do like to work quickly. Um, I want to make sure that the investments and the jobs that Foxconn is hiring, because they are making investments and they are, they are hiring, that they get credit for those. So the longer that we wait, the harder it is for WEDC to give credit to them for that. So, you know, I think it, it behooves everybody to get back to the table um, as hard as that might seem, right? You know, this week, but maybe next week.
0: Okay. Um, just two more questions. The, the legislature uh, set aside two, $212 million, mm-hmm. which could have been the maximum payout for Foxconn tax credits. Here's my question. Are you recommending that some of that two, $212 million be set aside in case there is a new contract with Foxconn?
1: Um, you know, we just really, I haven't, I haven't dove into conversations about the 212 million. Um, obviously the state budget is, you know, in a, in a challenging place due to the um, pandemic and uh, the lack of revenue that's a result of that. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I can this week. Uh, and then maybe next week we'll, you know, besides hopefully talking to Foxconn again, we will uh, start to talk about that. Um, and, and what that means for the, for the budget.
0: My last question is kind of tongue in cheek. Do you think it ever ever will be, as President Trump said, the eighth wonder of the world?
1: Um, What I think is the eighth wonder of the world is the amazing community of businesses that we have in Wisconsin, whether it is small businesses or mom and pop businesses or farmers like Wisconsin already is the eighth wonder of the world. So uh, I think we're I think we're doing okay.
0: Wow. Okay. What a wonderful segue. You've been on the job a year. Lessons learned about economic development. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) I know you could take an hour, but give me one, two, and three lessons learned.
1: Um, One, two, and three. Um, You cannot have a successful economy if you don't have financial stability for the people of Wisconsin if you don't have childcare, healthcare, good education, and a clean environment. Those are the five things that you need. Um, You know, you need good jobs, absolutely. You need family-sustaining jobs. You need jobs that are stable and that, you know, hang in, year in, year out. But you can't expect somebody to be a, a productive, um, continuously engaged person in the economy if they're worried about whether or not they have quality childcare, or if they don't know what's happening with the senior that they're responsible for and they're worried about that um, if their own health is compromised you can't um you know you can't expect them to be really engaged if they're if they're affected by a, a poor water or if they just haven't gotten the education that they need so economic development is all of these things together that creates economic well-being
0: and how has the pandemic which you didn't envision when you took this job how has the pandemic threatened those foundations of wisconsin's culture and economy
1: severely yeah please i think that um it has revealed where we had weak spots And, you know, certainly childcare is a weak spot for Wisconsin. It is for, you know, many, many states. Um, Healthcare, especially when it comes to racial inequities, when you have access to, um, you know, different access to healthcare or a lack of access to healthcare. So I think the pandemic has, it's almost like the mist has cleared. And we've been able to see like, oh, we thought we had, you know, if we had talked in March, Steve, I would have said, yeah, we have a strong economy. We've got 3.2% unemployment, but the reality is the whole system needs to be working really well. And without that whole system working really well, we start, you know, when it's stressed, we see those weak spots come through.
0: The federal government cares package gave governor Evers the ability to pretty much spend on his own $2 billion. Now, how much of that, um, is your agency WEDC uh, going to be able or uh, either as given out or will be given out? Is it one hundred twenty-five million, or, or, or what's the, uh, what, what's the total?
1: Um, the total is going to probably land around close to about $200 million. Okay. So we were able to do um, a round of grants earlier in the summer for just over $65 million. We helped, um, over 26,000 businesses around the state. We're just doing another $50 million round that'll help about 10,000 businesses. Um, we're helping to distribute money right now to the lodging industry, to venues and to movie theaters. Um, so I just, I think around $200 million of that CARES Act funding has been dedicated to helping businesses and helping economic development.
0: Are you most concerned? You mentioned the lodging industry. In a press release from Governor Evers, he cited a report that is it two-thirds of hotels could close within a week? Is that a national stat or is that a Wisconsin stat, Missy? Um, you know, I didn't uh, and, that,
1: and, and, stat, and, and, but... And,
0: and I want to correct myself. Two-thirds could okay. close within a year.
1: Within a year, yeah. Yes. I was going to say, that's quick. Yeah, um, sorry. You know, I mean, I've heard, I've heard statistics, Steve, that um, Washington, D.C.'s... Uh, hotel capacity is at 7% right now. And typically it runs at about 97%. And so, you know, it could be a national number or it could be a statewide number, but the lodging industry is incredibly affected. You know, I haven't stayed in a hotel in the last uh, six months, having been, you know, someone who is in hotels almost nightly uh, for the previous six months. And so business travel is really um, hurting. And then, of course, just, uh, you know, travel with your families and and for pleasure is is way down. Um, There's, I've heard statistics that it took, 72 months to recover from 9-11 in the hotel and travel industry. So we can imagine that we're facing something like that, um, in the coming years as the, as the industry recovers.
0: Um, the report your agency wrote on, um, where, where different economic sectors are, mm-hmm. which sectors of Wisconsin's economy are you most worried about? you most worried about lodging, restaurants, tourism, um, which are at the most and you also talked about the forestry the logging industry yeah which of those economic sectors most concerns you now
1: um i you know i continue to be incredibly concerned about our small businesses our restaurants and you know the the tourism um side of things mostly because those employ a lot of people and a lot of low-skilled workers so as those workers come out of you know if they're if they're not rehired or they are let go because the restaurant's capacity are down. What's going to happen to those low skilled workers? Um, they, there's no place really for them to go, right? They can't go to another hotel or another restaurant because they're not hiring. Um, I'm also concerned about the, the forest products industry and the paper industry, because I think out of all of our really strong industries, that one is, is, um, you know, has been stressed for a number of years and maybe doesn't have quite the resiliency that we would see in manufacturing or biohealth or aerospace.
0: Knowing your passion for rural Wisconsin, has rural Wisconsin generally, speaking in generalizations, has rural Wisconsin generally survived a little bit better than our urban areas in the pandemic?
1: You know, I, I think that it has. I think that the, the benefit of of strong community and, you know, having just a few businesses that need help. So, you know, if there's just two or three restaurants that you need to take, take, get takeout from in order to support them, you can do that. That's what we're doing in our community and, and helping those ones that are really struggling. Um, you know, I, I have to say that I think the, the um divisive atmosphere that we are living in right now um the politics of the world we're ready to get past that especially in in rural wisconsin because you know you 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 don't have as much a chance to be anonymous with your beliefs (laughs) and what you're thinking and so uh you know i I definitely feel that um there's a lot of people who are counting signs and things like that and i think you know the, the election can't come soon enough at this point
0: your agency is gonna spend uh, about 200 million to help Wisconsin businesses and different economic sectors. But the Federal Reserve just reported an 8% drop in the in Wisconsin's gross domestic product in the second quarter of this year. Mm-hmm. And that drop was 30 billion with a B dollars. So can 200 million when we're looking at an 8% hit in the GDP, how much difference can it make?
1: Yeah, that 8% hit in the GDP came on top of $2 trillion worth of uh, help from the federal government and about $2 billion worth for Wisconsin, right? So that stimulus is really what's been propping up. The economy. And even with that, we had the 8% drop. So it's critically important that the federal government comes in with another stimulus package. We've been advocating for that like crazy. And, you know, I'm confident that once we get through these politics, we'll be able to, the federal government will do that. But we just, we need to get there because the instability, you know, from a business side of things, instability is the worst. You can even a bad market, even you know, poor times, you can predict and you can work around that. But when things are so unstable, it's really hard to, to run your business.
0: Well, um, on that note, uh, Washington now is talking about the next uh, COVID aid package, and I think the Senate is at 1.8 trillion and the, the House is at 2.2. What, um, if you were testifying before Congress, what, what specific packages? what aid should be in the next covid relief package from washington to help wisconsin
1: who should they help? Um, you know i think that it's it's critically important to help the state and local governments yes. um this this you know the state Having learned in the last year how much the state does and where the state is helping throughout um, all of our communities, it's critically important that the state be able to continue those services. Um, I also think that there needs to be a package that really helps these restaurants. We're involved in helping small businesses right now, but there's a gap between um, you know a, a business that has a million dollars or less in revenue which are the ones that we're working with right now and you know a million to, uh, to five million dollars in annual revenue they employ a lot of people and they need help and, and it's just beyond our resources to be able to really meaningfully help those businesses.
0: Now when you talk about meaningful help are you speaking about the five percent limit on grants under the we're all in program?
1: Um I'm I'm talking about that we have so we have a limit on our we're all in grants of uh, your business has to be a million dollars or less in annual revenue. Yep. And many restaurants, you know, that are a little bit larger um have much more revenue than that and so we're not able to help them. The PPP program really helped a lot of those businesses. Um and so something like PPP again would be, I think, beneficial to those businesses, maybe without the stress and without the confusion. Um, but overall, that was, you know, a, a program that I think, you know, for um, building the plane while we were flying it, I think that program worked well.
0: Just two final questions. What's your worry if there's no additional federal aid package to deal with COVID for all these businesses and sectors that you've been dealing with for a year? What's your worry?
1: Well, my my biggest worry right now is that we're not going to get the virus under control. So, full stop, we have to we have to get the virus under control. Otherwise, you know, n- no amount of stimulus is going to help because we're just going to continue to be in a doldrum recession moment where people aren't going outside, they're not dining, they're not moving around, schools are closing. Like all of that is is hindering our ability to recover. So, I'm I'm very concerned about that. Um, The second piece is, you know, winter is typically a quieter time in Wisconsin for these businesses. And we're hearing a lot from businesses that are like, look, I made it through the last six months. I can't make it through another six months unless I have some kind of a stimulus or something that helps me here because I'm just, you know, people have used up their savings, their family savings. And so I'm very concerned that those businesses are, are just not gonna make it through winter.
0: And then last question, why one year later, do you still love your job? In the face of all these challenges I
1: you know uh, I I I wish that we weren't facing all of these challenges but I as much as I can help Wisconsin as much as I can sit in my seat and be an advocate for trying to make things better and trying to find solutions I'm thrilled to be here and uh, you know I don't know if fun is the right word but uh, challenge is uh, something I live for so there's definitely been plenty of challenges
0: Missy Hughes, CEO of the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, who's supposed to be on her vacation. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much for talking to Wisconsin Eye.
1: Thank you, Steve. You take care.
0: Stay safe, Missy. Thank you.
1: Take care. This program is a production of Wisconsin Eye, an independent, nonpartisan, nonprofit media network with a mission to inform, educate, and engage the citizens of Wisconsin. Wisconsin Eye is the nation's first and only independently funded state civics broadcast network, providing gavel-to-gavel access to government proceedings and events at the state capitol.